Welcome back, team, to another episode of week 11. What I'm losing track. What week are we in? (laughs) We're going into week 12. We're going to recap a little bit about week 11. All right. So this is episode 11, week 11. 11. Well, technically, I guess it is episode 12 because we did like a draft or I guess it's episode 13. You know what? Welcome to the Sunken City Fantasy Project by No Sports, hosted by me, Brian, and my co-host, Joel. That's me. And this is a show where we talk about fantasy football and our lives and sports. And mostly it revolves around fantasy, but every now and then it sidetracks from there. How was your week? I dominated this week. Three and oh, felt really great. My team performed. I filled in a lot of substitutions because uh, my Miami Dolphins were on by. Danny Dimes did what he needed to do. Joshua Palmer dropping some freaking insane catches from the Chargers. Overall, a great week for me. Yeah, what what was your record? Because I, I, I three and zero, I went three and zero in every league. Bitch. All my leagues, I won. Man, all Just right. Dominant. So you're doing the exact opposite of what I'm doing, apparently, which is just tragically drowning in misery in my fantasy. But uh, if you're watching the stream, you'll know that I did have a fantastic sports weekend. Um. Probably. All right. So uh, what I consider a golden weekend when all your sports teams win. Right. Yeah. That's a good weekend. Like I'm talking about like your college, your professional teams, your different sports. Um, I guess Houston had a good, good weekend not too long ago. Um, but yeah. And I include my fantasy football teams in that. So I would say this weekend, this past weekend, week 11 in the NFL, Mm-hmm. was probably the closest thing I could get to a golden weekend that wasn't, in fact, a winning weekend. Um, it was it was week 10 this week, or week 11. You're right. Yeah, it was, it was week 11. 11. Seven, I'm seven and four. It was week 11, so you're not correct, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I wasn't <sighs> so much football-related. Friday, I got to go to the Pels game. They played Boston. They lost, but they gave away one of the dopest promo items ever. 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 Yeah, it is a... Uh, I, how would you describe this? Like, it's not quite. It a is beanie. a. It's, it is. It is Pierre the Pelican yeah. as a beanie that is not so much a keep you warm beanie as it is a goofy Halloween it's a, like a plush fun thing. party. Yeah, like a plush beanie, and it is hysterical and amazing. I hope to God they do it again because I'm jealous I didn't get one. Um, would literally do anything to get one, and I am <laughs> so jealous. They're so awesome. Uh, yeah, so um, I invited you, Joel, to the game, and you were not yes. able to, unfortunately. Make it. I will give you a counterpoint here. These are hella warm. This is great at keeping my head warm. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very jealous. It is uh, very functional, and it is adorable. I wish it had a size bigger. Um, yeah, they were very popular. In fact, it was just so ridiculous being at that game, seeing all the Pelicans hat. Uh, but because you weren't able to go go, and my girlfriend really, really wanted one, I ended up kind of going by myself and just going in twice and getting two. So um, I ended up getting her as one as well because I'm a super nice. dope boyfriend. Got to uh, keep but, the house happy. Yeah, it was super ridiculous seeing all these people and Pe- Pierre the Pelican's b- lumberjack hats, beanie kind of things. That's so and, cool. Um, I stumbled into several friends who were at the game and a couple of which were there, in fact, because of mostly the hat is the like featured promo item. They're like, I got to get that hat. <laughs> so cool. So 
Um, that was a really cool experience. It was a Boston, uh, so a great team to play. And so the, the Smoothie King Center was packed out. It was a fun experience, a fun environment. Great game, even though the Pelicans lost. Saturday, I kind of kind of went into recovery mode because I went, you know, solo Friday night. So I had a, a few extra drinks Friday night. So Saturday, I kind of recovered and got to end the day with LSU just dominating, um, as expected, I would suppose. Well, UAB, they should have won. So that was a big old happy, happy. Uh, I set my fantasy teams like knowing that again it would probably be a miserable endeavor going into Sunday. So uh, I Sunday night after I had set my lineups, a buddy of mine texted me and he was like, "Hey, I got an extra ticket to the Saints game. Do you want to go?" And I was like, "Hell yeah!" Because I sure as shit don't want to stay home and watch my fantasy team just like eat shit. <laughs> so Sunday I got to go to the uh, Saints versus Rams game. And nice. we had great seats for that. And it was a fun environment. And it just got even more because I think if you're a listener of this podcast, you're probably aware that there's a pseudo rivalry between the Saints and the Rams, just given that whole thing. What was it, three, four years ago? Jesus. I believe it was three years ago and it was a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's a little bit of history there. And this was oh, the, the first... NFC Championship game going towards the Super Bowl. But yeah, yeah that was it. That was it. Um, for the Super Bowl. Effectively. Yeah. Yeah. We sh- and we would have won it that year for sure. Um, but yeah, so we got to go. It was the first time the Rams were back in the dome. So it was a, a really fun energy about it. We got to walk through a little bit of the tailgating. The game was, again, fantastic. Had a good time. That was the first time I've been in the dome this season. So that was really exciting. And then after we got out, we just kind of continued, you know, piddling around New Orleans, drinking and having a good Good, good old afternoon. Uh, I, I tried to avoid looking at my fantasy, but inevitably I did. And of course, I was struggle busting it. And it, it would have come down to the Monday night game where it was the uh, <clears throat> 49ers. And who did they play? The-, the Monday night game was the Chiefs and the Chargers. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that was um, that was the Sunday night game. The Monday night game was the 49ers, 49ers and Arizona. Arizona, that's right, because I have Hopkins in a league, and um, it was it was literally coming down to a performance between Ayuk and Hopkins, and I got to like just see the ESPN notification that Ayuk got like two touchdowns, and I was like, well. Uh, I guess I get to go to bed fucking miserable tonight. So Sunday I got up and I got to at least turn that around on an emotional level when I got to go to another Pelicans game. As a season ticket holder, I go to several, and this was a six-game home stretch, the last game of that. And so I took uh, the girlfriend, no promo item this week, but we got to go see Golden State, a depleted Golden State game. Nice. Um, Curry, Iguodala, Green, Thompson, nobody, nobody played. So the Pelicans just absolutely whomped them. So that was a really fantastic environment. And from, from the Smoothie King Center, I got to watch my fantasy team. Of course, that was when I was getting the notifications of Brandon getting getting fucking touchdowns. So it was just kind of like a bittersweet thing there. Um but yeah, overall, and I like, fortunately was started the week super up for myself because Thursday night, Derrick Henry decided to be Mr. Everywhere. He threw mm-hmm. for a touchdown. He rushed for a touchdown. He ran all over the field. He, he was just catching CMC, passes. Man. So like, yeah, he got me 27 points. So leaving Thursday night game, I was feeling and then Lazard put up his floor of 10. Uh, so I was like, I'm, I'm feeling pretty, pretty comfortable going into Sunday. 
So that worked out pretty great for me overall. And then, yeah, my team just did what they need to do. Danny Dimes, man, don't sleep on the Vanilla Vic, as they're calling him up there in New York. Uh, he's actually been a decent flyer quarterback. He'll get you at least 25 points, man. You can't argue with this kid. Yeah. And, are, um, are the Giants good? No. But is he doing enough for fantasy? Yeah. Well, hopefully, and I, you know, again, this is always a double-edged sword here with Wandale Robinson going down, Darius Slayton value goes up. So there might actually be another fantasy-worthy opportunity going into the playoffs on the Giants other than Saquon and if you need Danny Dimes on a flex week. <laughs> That's it. Um. So, yeah, that was my personal weekend. I had a great real-life sports weekend, but uh, as I've mentioned several times already, my fantasy life is absolutely fucking miserable. This week I went one and four and now I drop. And because of that, I officially dropped below the 500 mark overall on the season. I'm officially do do it fantasy, dude. <laughs> hey, that's all right. My credibility meter went down this week too, with some of my picks. So that's just kind of how fantasy rolls to you. Well, it's a mean sometimes I took, I did take a moment to, to really take a breath and look at all my teams and kind of see where I went wrong and where I went right. And I can very specifically point to things that I, I kind of slipped up on on the season, you know, personal judgment, you know, hindsight's 2020. Um, but yeah, man, that was that was kind of a devastating realization after like such a fun sports weekend is that now I'm like garbage and fantasy. But uh, yeah, so I, I took a second to look at what went wrong and what went right as far as like players I was high on. Um, so what, what what would you like to go over first? And you can contribute to this list and, you know, pitch in players that you were high on as well and that you were wrong on as well. Um, so what, which would you like to do first? Players that you kind of got it right on early on and you knew where they were going to do something and players that you were wrong on. Okay, well, first of all, I'll go with what I was right about because I love. All right, let's start with where I'm right. right. I would love to be where I'm right. So first off, where I am right is Tua Tagovailoa even though he had a bye week. Derrick Henry, because he's the truth. And I kept telling people, don't sleep on this guy. He's he's worthy of a number one pick as a running back. He's going to fall to me at five or six, but he's worthy of the number one. And he still just does what he does. This mm-hmm. dude consistent year in and year out. Tyreek Hill, I knew was going to be good in Miami. So that I made know. me feel real good. And then, um, you know who's been coming alive? He's not on my team anymore. I dropped him. It makes me say it. But you know who's been coming alive? Cole Komet. It feels oh, good. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Well, now you Cole. gotta you gotta you gotta worry about Justin Fields now because I think Cole Komet's breakout here late season has clearly been a result of Justin Fields' breakout. Yeah, and season. he's yeah, and because he's potentially injured at the moment, he had a dislocated mm-hmm. non-throwing shoulder, but still yikes. Did you wait, uh, did you see the quote that like they put out for him on in no, regard to that they injury? Say? They they <laughs> they <laughs> It was effectively, uh, yeah, he, he's day-to-day, but, you know, it, we, we're not going to rule out ending a season. And it was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, how just say how questionable, questionable can you be? Yeah, just how say questionable, can you be? please. Do not, do not give me that, like, hard range of what a player could be. <laughs> yeah, and um, and I guess the other team, um, it's a defense I'm pumped on is the Jets. I've been flying high on the Jets for a little yeah, while. Yeah, yeah, you've definitely. They're not. They're not the really losing a lot of. I mean, they're still losing games in real life, but for fantasy purposes, their defense is just sticking their to their guns and putting up numbers. Mm-hmm. They're just a set and forget defense at this point. Which for the Jets, it's been a long time since that's happened. Been like a decade, so it's nice. Feels good. 
Cole, uh, do you want to go with players you were right about, or you want me to go with players? Well, uh, are you? So those are the players you would say that they've kind of gotten you to where you are now and your success. Yes, yeah, those are those are my my keys. So I, again, the problem with being in a bunch of leagues, you kind of got a lot of you're keeping track of a lot of different things. Your teams right. end up kind of looking similar, but not quite. And so when I looked at like my draft board and where I kind of stood with a lot of my teams, holy fuck, I could have had four out of my five teams that looked very similar and they could have looked like this. And it, I should have been more because when you get the first round draft pick, that really throws you for a fucking loop. And that just kind of fell to me in two leagues. And the number I'm, one draft pick. Yeah, the number one draft pick. First of first of all, um, and that that fell to me in a couple leagues. So that that kind of throws a wrench in a lot like you're I don't want to say forced but you're almost obligated to take like the expert consensus number one guy. And when you were looking at like the Colts going out of last season, there was a lot of hype and the Panthers did not have a lot of hype. So I I was right on CMC because I knew that he was going to have a a good enough year. I think really, really got lucky because he got traded. That doesn't mean well. That's that's kind of where I I, 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 and I'll, I'll take the CMC with the Jonathan Taylor. I got CMC right because like I knew with the second pick I would want him. If I got the second pick, I wasn't going to go with like Cooper Cup or Justin Jefferson. If I right. if I had the second pick, I was going to get CMC. Like that was across every draft. If I'd have done it this year, and I did in two leagues, I got CMC. Um, so I look at this team that like I got it right on like and these are all people that were definitely easily draftable had I just used my first pick on CMC. Uh, so CMC, obviously, first one, Josh Allen has done great. He's still like a top uh, five quarterback. He's really tapered off here at the back end. He's kind of gotten injured and dinged up. So we'll see how that plays out. But so far, I was right on Josh Allen. Same with Mark Andrews, number two tight end, and especially in a year where like tight ends not named Travis Kelsey are sparse and far and in between to have the number two guy consistently throughout the year. Very happy that I drafted him as early as I did. Uh, I was high on Ken Walker at the beginning of the season just because I knew that Seattle usually picks good running backs and Penny was not really (laughs) a good running back. So I knew that there was a potential break out there. Um, CD lamb, big CD lamb fan named a team after him. So like, obviously like he's done really good regardless of the quarterback in Dallas. So uh, that's great that he's almost quarterback proof and the same kind of thing. Well, I guess not the Eagles so much, but the dolphins wide receivers, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, both you and I were very high on them. So uh, good on us for catching that. Uh, AJ Brown specifically and Devonta Smith. I've been worrying about them all season. So keeping, you know, that they're very hurts dependent. I think we haven't really seen them without, so maybe they not might consistent. not be. They're pretty up and down. You well, that's your... kind of why I worry with them without Hurts. Like, you know, with Hurts being the most consistent thing on the team, when you take that away, does everything else get more or less consistent? Right. And then now Goddard is hurt as well. So ideally, you would think that their targets would go up. However, mm-hmm. that doesn't always necessarily mean the case. It could mean Miles Sanders could get a lot more bulk carries. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it works out. It's going to be um, interesting in Philadelphia. Also on this list, just going through it, Bills D and Justin Tucker, both of the all again, I did. I think I did just really well on my position, my position players. Like I I try to every year, my quarterback, tight end, kicker, defense, set and forget all of those guys. I really were aiming for high were our top five. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I did that right. 
And if I'd have gotten like CMC and Ken Walker across all the leagues, I could have avoided uh, the things that went wrong. <laughs> so I'll, I'll go ahead and just seamlessly transition into what I went wrong for me. And then I'll let you take the floor. Um, but as I kind of mentioned earlier, I was forced into the first and second pick of the draft. I felt obligated to take CMC and Jonathan Taylor first overall. Um, Jonathan Taylor, man, I should have, I guess, dug a little bit more into the Colts situation. I guess I believe the hype hard too to much. No, well, I, I you mean, wait, we we kind of touched on it. We you weigh he's the young. odds. He's young and he seemed good. He's been good for two years. I would have taken him too. I, I, you know, it's hard not to, but I, you know, like we've talked about before, it's always, well, yeah, as I said, we kind of weighed the odds of the, the, the situation with the Panthers. was vastly different than what CMC is at now. He's on a much better team and clearly like performing at a safe floor. He's not having, it doesn't look like he's going to have these crazy, like 50 point games, unless he's like throwing, running and receiving all in one game. Um, but he should have a steady floor moving forward, which is nice. Like I'm, I'm okay with a 17 point CMC every week. You know, right. um, I think that's worth a first round draft pick. That kind of consistency, mm-hmm. um, like it a little higher, obviously. But you know, he's still getting adjusted. Um, but yeah, I, you know, you weigh those odds, and I went with JT. That was a big just wrong for me. But I don't think it's just kind of just the comedy of fantasy. Like it, it just happens. Um, this is most certainly the worst first round pick I have in memory. And he is trying to turn it around the Colts new coach and their Indianapolis new Saturdays, baby. They're trying. So we're, we're fixing to come into week three. We'll have a, a fair sample size of the new look Colts. Um, but right now, Jonathan Taylor overall has been just a, an incredible bust. Very upset with that first round pick. And we talked about it in previous episodes. Like we really, it's it was a struggle to think of a bigger first round pick bust in like our history of fantasy knowledge. So that that's on me. That's just kind of the luck of what it is. Uh, so I, I in at least two leagues, I can point directly to that as being like, man, I got less than what my value was on those pick. I that was a detriment to me. Um, another. A uh, player that I was really high on and was like, ah, man, I think this is a good value. I was Keenan Allen. <laughs> oh, dude, don't even me start on that receiving core. Mike Williams uh, is on mine. Well, man, that's kind of another thing where you you were looking at that whole situation and you were like, man, that, that has a lot of potential with uh, Herbert and Allen and Williams and like everybody. And then you have and I Austin, feel like Eck- you have Eckler and it's just like, man, he's holy the shit. only thing worth it. Eckler is the only mm-hmm. thing worth it on that offense. Well, him and now Palmer. Palmer has suddenly emerged as this late, mm-hmm. but you're not going to draft that guy. I got him off waivers. I'm super lucky to have him, and he's yeah. getting insane targets. I'm, if you got Palmer, it would have had to have been in the past like couple weeks for sure. Um, he's so he's nuts. he's not one of those guys that I consider like a league winner or loser at this point. I was kind of I was more or less looking at the reasons why I suck. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> and, no, like, you're right. What what the good parts were. Um, so yeah, Keenan Allen was absolutely man. I, I, he's he's not he's older. He's not and like always injured. He's injury, but he's, he's always injured injured. every year. Every year he gets hurt. He's not. And so it. I think the lesson I'm just going to take from that is if you're a wide receiver with a lingering issue, I might stay away. Like moving forward, Michael Thomas might be on my no no list just he by is. virtue of like his the nature of his like consistently being injured. Yes. As he should be on most people's. Like, if you can get him super late as your seventh wide receiver, sure. 
Yeah, but, but I, I think don't he would draft go, that guy. I think early. he'd go before that. So like, well, of course. He, He's he just point. might be on my no no list moving forward. So um same with mm-hmm. Keenan Allen. He he burned me. I got him in multiple leagues. And again, that's just kind of that's you draft him thinking he could be like a potential wide receiver one, likely gonna be your wide receiver two when he's playing. Um mm-hmm. and this season he's been a bench uh, occupier, a space a bench warmer, a space taker, an opportunity waster is what he has been. Um, so yeah, those, those two JT and Keenan Allen were my biggest, um, the next two are kind of hit. I, I don't want to say they were wrong, but I was definitely hit or miss on them. Um, and the first one's really not of any fault of his own. I still think Brees Hall is going to be a, a stud. That's not his fault. He's on, it's not he's his not fault. a bust. He's but incredible you, beforehand. You can't list you, him as one, but when you spend a draft pick, cause he went very, yeah, high. but an injury is an injury. That's different than, I mean, I guess we're comparing apples to oranges with the, with the, wide receivers getting injured just they're always injured Brees hall was a rookie mm. and he was putting up really good numbers beforehand mm. where mike williams and keen allen were still up and down even when they were playing and they were healthy mm. and then they just get the hurt quarterback was so like yeah and Brees hall you weren't going to get in the second round when you get him the fourth or the fifth round so well that's what i'm kind of that's what i'm saying like i, I Brees hall was going definitely by the fourth fifth round most yeah certain. so like which is and good because so, he's he's a stud and and i think this is just unfortunate i think he's worth that but the injury and I'm I'm not even gonna like put Najee into that category. Mm, he's been a disappointment I, for most people. I think too, that's though. what because yeah, that's like beyond wrong. He's kind of like in that JT territory of like you you really kind of wasted a, a pick bust. Um, bust. But for me personally, Brees Hall was definitely someone I drafted highly when in the leagues that I wanted him, and he no returns at this point. So he's kind of costing me. You know, I, I would. If it wasn't a keeper league, I wish I would have spent that Brees Hall pick on something else. Yeah. You know, that was a spec rookie bet, and it was looking like it was going to pay off, and it just backfired. Had he not gotten hurt, he'd probably be in the rookie of the year conversation with Chris Oh, 100%. 100%. He might be in the MVP conversation. Like, we're in a keeper league, so you should keep that guy. Oh, oh, no, 100%. I'm absolutely keeping (laughs) – I'm absolutely keeping him. Um, So I'm excited for that. That's That's a – Hell yeah, that dude rocks. But that's why I kind of made that you know note that like if it's if it's not a keeper league, Brees Hall kind of really was a bum. And this is another one that I kind of just overestimated. I was a really high on, um, (laughs) I guess both Robinsons. But when I wrote this down, I specifically meant James Robinson Mm -hmm. coming out of Jacksonville, and that's another kind of just luck of the trade. But even then, he was getting usurped by ATN. So. Um, that was just kind of one of those situations where I, saw, I thought maybe this guy could be like a Kamara like kind of guy and be more. He of had one good ass season. catchback, and he had like one. He didn't even have one good season. He had like a half one, a good season. Yeah, where and even then, it's like a Peyton Hillis. Like that guy had one good year. And like, yeah. then, who is that guy? Um, so the trade obviously did not have the CMC effect. It it made him even more mediocre. Yep. Um. So that was just kind of a bust on my part. Like I, I, you know, again, I guess I look should look more into like the Jacksonville situation before. Anyway, um, the other Robinson, Brian Robinson, and the verdict is still out on him. I think he still has potential, but Antonio Gibson has just been a thorn in Robinson owner's sides because Antonio Gibson's good. And I called that one. I picked him as well. I had Gibson and knew that he would be the one that, is the backfield winner in that a perfect flex play every week. Yeah. Uh, and I thought 
I thought Robinson Brian Robinson would take that role from him. Getting gunshot early in the year too didn't help because like him getting shot was like a that probably damaged some of his value early to give Gibson the touches he needed to. It made you know. me more hype on him. So, yeah, I, I mean, I he's pretty agree. badass. I mean, like yeah. we talked about Michael Thomas can't go out there with a broken toe. And Brian Robinson was out there three weeks after he got shot. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's and it's a shame because it's kind of an opposite effect, because I felt like there was a little bit more hype behind Brian Robinson than some of the, I guess, other rookies that are kind of usurping and taking over. Um, because I, I we've mentioned I've mentioned Pacheco several times. Yeah, and this and past week he looked yeah, good. Yeah, he finally showed. Like, he's finally kind of emerging. Same with the Rashad White behind Leonard Fournette. Um, and I was I told you to drop Pacheco, so that's – I'm wrong. I tried to hold I, – I, I agreed with you. I did drop him and move him as needed, but, like, I, I am trying to, like – I am trying to storm where I can, but it's kind of in that Brees Hall category of, like, man, I can't reliably start him, so why even consider wasting a bench spot on him? Right. You know, like, I, I get need, it. I need to use that a little bit more. Um, what else happened? Um, Melvin Gordon got cut. So like Latavius Murray and well, I guess that's not a really a rookie situation. That's kind of just some more of a murky running back situation. Yeah. Which um, if you were drafting that running back situation is your core. God, I'm so sorry. But I guess, <laughs> I guess with that, you could turn the spotlight on Mike Boone potentially. We'll see how that backfield turns. I mean, out. obviously Murray's is going to be your, your number one, like you're running into that kind of Brian Robinson effect. I guess that's kind of the most like it, the situation out there potentially. Um, so yeah, that's, that's just kind of the, the running back situation. And um, I guess James cook too. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, because I, I got some flack for drafting him in a league, uh, a rookie keeper league. And he's, he's finally looking like he might uh, eat into Devin Singletary snaps. Either way, that's a pass-heavy offense. It's it's not super I'm, great I'm for their production. Putting it in the same Brian Robinson category of like I can't trust it. Like if if it, again if it's a rookie keeper league, yeah, I'm gonna try and make sure there's room on my bench for you. But just about everyone we just talked about is absolutely waiver fodder. If I need to fill a role, and there's clearly someone out there who has taken the number one spot on their team in any right. position, you know. <sighs> Well, for me personally, um, yeah, my so bust, where did you go wrong? Yeah, brother? Well, well, we talked about Mike, Mike Williams with Keenan Allen, and that's just kind of been a bust pick. This, the, both of those receivers have not produced with what you need them to do at their ADP. Uh, James Connor was another one I drafted him, I believe in the third round, uh, believing he's going to get a lot of carries, be the bulk back of that. He's yeah. had, he's been injured three weeks out of the year. He's only, uh, eclipsed 20 carries one time. And don't get me wrong, that one time he scored 23 points, which is great. That's what you need. But, I mean, at that point, that was week 10. At week 10, you finally get 21 carries. Last week, you got down to 14 again. So, like, this dude usually sits around the 13 to 15 range in carries. You just That's not what you need from someone you drafted as in your third-round pick as a running back. Like, I, Nick Chubb was available. That would have been smarter for me to take because mm-hmm. that guy's going to get the volume. Like, I thought James Conner in this offense was going to be like Kamara would. You know, and like be like, this dude's gonna eat. And no, wrong, dead wrong. Uh Lazard. I really yeah. thought that out of all the Green Bay receivers, this dude was gonna at least put up 15 a game, maybe 20, be the guy. That receiving uh, course cursed though. 
It's just, it's, you're right. <laughs> now, now it seems like his ceiling is about 10 and his floor yeah. is about seven. And that's, you know, if he eclipsed any, anytime he can go above those numbers is great, but not something you bank on. Um, and other, and then uh, JK Dobbins, I really thought he was going to do something well this year and then he didn't do anything. And then he got hurt. Then he tried out there again and then he got hurt again. And now that whole, it's just like the Denver backfield, the Baltimore backfield is a freaking mess. Like you don't really want to, I have Kenyon Drake now, but like, and that's another one I'm not comfortable starting. Like you talked about, I'm not, he's on my bench, but even then it's kind of like, do I even really want you? Like who's available? Like I got Jeff Wilson. It was like, I'm going to start Jeff Wilson over Kenyon Drake every day of the week. Oh yeah, definitely now. And now I have a a struggle because now it's like, well, man, I have so many running backs. I have a stable of backs, which this is what I did want to talk about because even though things did go wrong with my drafting, I did draft so many running backs that I almost have too many. And it's great because Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs are going to be my one and two every week. And then I have Jeff Wilson to be a flex. I have Jamal Williams from Detroit who's like, is this guy an RB2? Do I play him as my flex every week? I got because to. he like and then I, and besides Jeff Wilson and Jamal Williams, you got Antonio Gibson, who's like the perfect flex. You might be a good candidate for potentially trading. You know, that's what I'm saying. I got some. I got some studs. Yeah, I'm kind of so, if if my team wasn't eating so my teams weren't eating so much shit. And again, I'm barely below 500. <laughs> like I could easily bounce back next week. Uh, but yeah, like I was working some trades in the past week, but. Yeah, my my team just everyone's value continues to creep down. So like the trades that I would have been looking for are just no longer even possible. Um, but yeah, we're kind of getting into that territory. There's only three, four games left in the regular season of most leagues. So we're coming to the end, man. We are near the end. We are approaching it very, very quickly. Yeah, and you got the momentum going with you because Feels you good. made all the right picks. I think. I think I, I I'm I'm proud of if I could have designed my perfect fantasy team um, with like one of those DraftKings daily fantasy things where you have like a budget of X amount of dollars. I think I could have put together like this team that I described earlier: CMC, Josh Allen, Mark Andrews, Walker, CD. Anyway, I think I could have put that together, and that would have been a monster team all season. Like I definitely would have been playoff lock in. At this point, moving forward, who the fuck knows? It's all fucking crazy. Um, Josh Allen. Uh, well, is Mark injured. Andrews still hurt? Is Mark Andrews still hurt? He missed only a week. Okay. And it was before a buy, so basically you were kind of hit hard there for two weeks with Mark Andrews. So, but either way, you know, with everyone else that I was kind of eyeballing that, you know, one of them goes down. I think everyone else is ready to step up. And you, you know me, dude. I'm I'm pretty good about picking up and waiver wiring as needed. I have Cole Komet in a couple leagues, so <laughs> I'm happy that he has been producing. I'm I'm sad I dropped him early. I should have kept and held on to him a little longer, but uh I believe I believed in Tyler Conklin. I kind of made the switch as I was buying it on the Jets and he has been started hot and then has been a disappointment since. So he is uh but we don't know what's going on in that quarterback situation. Looks like they might bench zach wilson if joe flacco you think that's just an attitude thing or like because zach wilson clearly is a talented dude i mean yeah but if you look at his numbers he's not doing that great (laughs) well like what was joe flacco putting up stellar numbers as well like it's it's just yeah i think they need to 
and you know, I kudos for the Bears for kind of doing that. You need to let these rookie quarterbacks. If you don't have a like a really all star guy leading the team, you you need to let these rookie quarterbacks get some time to get some reps in. Yeah, get, let them get their first injury so they can be out this have a reason to be out this season. It's a reason for the season, baby. Um. All right, man. Well, uh, is there any trades that you're kind of looking? Is there any players out there that you still are kind of high on that you think might be able to get you to the playoffs? Because, I mean, we've talked at length about all the ones, you know. And we'll 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 take a look here at the ADP. I too. will admit, I will admit on the podcast that I have been trying for weeks to get Debo Samuel from Seth. He is the last piece I need oh, yeah, for my Debo. team to kind of like feel like. I'm good. And I have offered him so many things. And what's funny is all the things I offer him blow up those weeks. I was like, here's Jamal Williams and Chris Godwin, 45 points combined. And you're like, bro, you could have had that. You lost by 12. (laughs) And he's been losing so many games. I was like, bro, I've been trying to help you. He just won't trade me. He's one in 10. There's no coming back for him now. He's done. But like, I mean, it yeah. is the keeper league, so like he, yeah, know, there's he, a, he, there's he a legit good. case for him to like I, sit on. That. I get it, but like, and he has Mike Evans, so I see why he wouldn't want Chris Godwin. But uh, out of the two, I'd rather have Godwin than Evans because Evan drops way more passes. Um, and then now he's got poor Melvin Gordon on his bench, and he was banking on him, and I was like, dog. So if you're listening, Seth, Debo should be on the table. Holla at me. <laughs> <laughs> Give me my boy. I think Devo's in an affordable range. Um for sure. Jamar Chase is coming back, so that's that's gonna be a a difference maker. But I mean, if you had that's not someone you can pick up and it might not be someone you could trade for. But you know, who knows if the Jamar Chase owners like either kind of locked into the playoffs or no, if they're locked in, they ain't trading. But if they're desperate and trying to make the playoffs, you know, that might be a good opportunity to prime away and just be like, listen, man. You're not going to the playoffs. Help me help you. Let me give you some good dudes. Yeah. Um, but back, I guess, to the original question. I don't, I don't, I'm not seeing any like potentially league winners available out there that are even, I think everyone's kind of locked in. And just with how inconsistent everything's been this year, nobody really wants to like let go of much anymore. Like even, as I talked about the previous week or a couple of weeks ago, I guess when I was up against like, you know, the, the doom team, the doom squad. And even then like fucking fantasy happens, you know, like in teams you think are going to do outstanding, do well and underproduce their projections. Um, so yeah, it's just been a real wackadoo year that I, I don't think a lot of people are comfortable making a lot of moves in. Um, I think the one name that comes to mind that could be a legit difference maker, especially given uh, the Josh Allen situation and the Justin Fields situation and maybe the Hurts situation is Deshaun Watson. And I hate to say Mm. this. I hate to say this, but like (laughs) after Josh Allen's last performance, I was kind of like, fuck, do I need to make room on my bench? Oh, because the Browns, the rest of the team has looked okay. You know, the people that uh people Jones kid has really come out. Amari Cooper is Amari fucking Cooper. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the pieces are there if an elite level quarterback is in which there, he is, which, which he yeah, is, which he is. 
And, you know, apparently the NFL players union or whatever has decided he's done nothing wrong enough to warrant him not to play. So who, who am I to judge? You know, let he who has never masturbated in front of a <laughs> masseuse cast the first stone or something. Um, so, yeah, and I, you know, that's really the only name that is like, man, if that guy's still of it, that'd be like kind of like having potentially like Jamar Chase out on the waiver wire as far as like a quarterback position goes. Yeah. And that's scary. So I'm going to have a big decision to make probably this week, especially just given the state of my teams. If I have any chance to make it into the playoffs, I absolutely need an elite level quarterback. Josh Allen has been my workhorse and he is falling apart. So getting beat up. He's injured right now. His elbow's messed up. Yeah, well, and that, you, Josh, you draft Josh Allen because you know he's going to run it. So if the, the dude can't throw, like, fuck you, run it, you son of a bitch. <laughs> um, so that's that's kind of the situation I think here at the end of the the season, as far as like player opportunity, you, you should have all the people we've mentioned: Pacheco, uh, Rashad White. Christian Watson, the wide receiver breakout from the Green Bay, better be taken in all the leagues that y'all are a part of, you know? Yeah, and even that's – you're hopeful that it'll happen that one week, but still not consistent. Yeah, I just don't see any breakout candidates potentially coming up. So, um, good luck out there. You can start considering trades. It's a tough maybe. chew, and in and, and a lot of leagues, the trade deadline is either this week or the following. It's yeah, usually around it's... Thanksgiving where the trade deadline is for most leagues. We don't have one in our keeper league, but uh, so be careful if you're listening out there. This would be the time to do it because you don't have a lot after this. And the and games just... are also start Thursday because Thursday's Thanksgiving. They have games all day. So, like, yeah, you got to get that stuff games. done basically tomorrow. Including the Bills. So we're going to find out really fucking quick if Josh Allen's got dog in him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of the situation going into this week. Congratulations on being on the up and up, and uh, I hope to catch up with you. Uh, is there anything else of potential fantasy note that I wanted to talk about before we get into the ADP thing? No, nah, you could just jump into that. See who yeah, jumped up and down. Then we'll go into our credibility because I really want to talk about mine. I want to spend a minute. Yeah, yeah. We can do a shorter episode this week. It's kind of a like, – this was a bunk. As I started the episode, this is a bunk week for me as far as you know fantasy goes. So I'm okay with not talking about it as much. Hopefully I can change things and turn things around here going into the final stretch. But shit, only got three more weeks to really take care of things. Um all right, looking at our ADP, which or I don't know what to call this. If you're listening, you know the segment. This is where I compare the player's original ADP to where they stand now in the confidence ranking. It's just kind of a measure of confidence over time. It's not really accurate. There are more accurate studies out there by better sources, but this was just a fun little project for me to do to kind of keep track of how players' confidence, I guess. It's confidence. Confidence changes over time. Uh, I keep track of the top 25. I won't do every name as usual, but I will just kind of list some little highlights here that I've noticed. Uh, For the most part, if you drafted someone in the top 25, they did you well outside of a handful of names. A lot of which we named today. Yeah, a lot of which we've already named. So we'll kind of just, I'll re kind of touch on them. But I think just from what I'm looking at, man, it's probably, you know, about a, a third 
a quarter to a third chance if you when you're drafting in the top 25 a player is going to bust so it's looking like i would say you're looking at one out of your top three draft picks is probably going to be a bust is basically the numbers that i'm kind of like seeing from this confidence thing you know makes sense i could say that and I think that's fair numbers. I Through would, injuries and you mm-hmm. know game schemes, a lot. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's not a perfect world, but yes, about one about one in every three. Yeah, and I'm I'm absolutely one. including injuries factored in, and just like you know, overall player performance. Um, so yeah, it, 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 one of your first three draft picks is pretty much, and it's almost pushing into like one of your first two draft picks. It's almost a guarantee one of them is going to go down. You're going to have to deal with that. And if you're super unlucky, like me, you end up with multiple players that just either underperform or get injured out of your first um, couple picks. But for the most part, when the players are playing, they're they're living up to their average. And um, I, I, I think that makes sense. I think the experts do it right. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk about the outliers here. Uh, Jonathan Taylor holding it down last week. He was 12 this week. He was 12. And of course, as we mentioned, he was number one overall. So at least he's relevant again. You know, you like to see that first pick at least, a you know, top 10 pick, but at least Jonathan Taylor is worthy of like a top round pick. If you drafted a running back last and Jonathan Taylor still is kind of making sense for you now, but this is only a recent revelation. So it's been pretty fucking garbage. Otherwise, uh, Christian McCaffrey again, holding down at number seven. Uh, he has made it apparent. He is going to be a top 10 player regardless of what team he's on. So there's that same with Austin Eckler, who has been consistent, like top three player this season. Like if you drafted him top three, he's been top three. Mm-hmm. Really great pick. Most most consistent top pick probably there is. Uh, and Derrick Henry is in that. He's kind of like fluxed a little bit, but that I think has more to do with Tennessee uh, than anything else. <laughs> I mean, even though the Chargers aren't any better of a situation, but Austin Eckler gets the love. Um, <clears throat> Dalvin Cook was kind of a slight bust, but he's still performing in your top 20. He was probably drafted in the top five, and he's currently sitting at 17. Uh, Cooper Cup, injured, so we don't even need to mention him. Najee Harris, as we've mentioned, is probably outside of Jonathan Taylor. And again, we still have a few games to really decide, but so far both of those guys have been just like very big bust. Najee Harris was drafted at around seven, very mid-late first round, and he is currently ranked 44 so he's not even really relevant to the top 25 anymore and that's that's kind of been that way for the past like five six weeks at the very least he kind of got like injured if i recall and um just hasn't been the same since uh let's see moving forward justin jefferson been outstanding honestly he's been a top five worthy pick and you probably walked away with him towards the end of the first round so good on you Joe Mixon injured. Uh, he got a concussion, correct? Yeah, but yeah. he'll bounce back. He's been pretty consistent for them all year. He's even had that one game where he scored like 50 points. So Yeah, Joe Mixon has been pretty consistent at the ninth ADP. He's hovered around that anywhere from like 15 to, you know, five, depending on what bye weeks there are. But this week he's going through concussion protocol. So obviously that was a huge factor in where the experts ranked him. He's at 60. Just, you know, it is what it is. Same with Joe, uh, Jamar Chase. 
who the experts have at 168. And I think I only put that in there because there were a few names like below him that were like, oh, that guy's actually playing. And there's still like a higher probability for Jamar Chase to put up more points. <laughs> Crazy. So, yeah. So I thought that was funny. Uh, Alvin Kamara, not quite the disappointment Najee Harris is. You probably got him late in the first round, maybe early second. But he's definitely been at the bottom of the top 25 for most of the season as far as uh, expert projections. And as a Saints fan, I kind of would have to agree. I'd probably move him even lower just given the status of the Saints. So It's a tough chew over there. That's more of a team issue. I think Kamara is definitely a talented guy, but the, the Saints are just donkey garbage this year. Um, DeAndre Swift is someone who kind of is in that category of Najee Harris. He was blowing it up way harder at the beginning of the season, though, and has just – what do you think's happened to that guy? He's tapered the fuck off. Everything everything went silent in Detroit over the past few weeks. DeAndre Swift, had the only thing that's gone well for them is Jamal Williams. Amon Ross St. Brown is still hitting his usuals, like 12 to 14. But, I mean, like, they won last week. Like, they won their game, like, in real life. But, like, yeah, Jamal Williams is the only fantasy person really relevant besides the Sun God. And the Sun God is not a wide receiver. He's like a wide receiver three, two-ish. Um, you don't want him as your one because you're kind of like, oh, God, I really hope I got somebody better like some of the other dudes you talked about. So, Detroit has tapered off. DeAndre Swift is not even worth a flex play anymore. Mm-mm. No, weird, weird, weird how that plays out. It's And it's interesting how those little injuries will do that. Um, Devontae Adams, if you got him at 13, probably the beginning of the second round, he's outperforming. He is now doing coming in at number four. Yeah. It's a really great pickup. Uh, Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams are definitely the stars of that that team fantasy. Oh boy, wise. Josh Jacobs is eaten. Which is crazy because you would think, like, obviously that would make Derek Carr a viable fantasy option, and he's just he's not. not. (laughs) He's not. Um, uh, Yeah, quarterbacks aren't on this list, though, so we don't even have to worry about him. Nick Chubb, if you drafted him at 14, which was his ADP, he is stuck right around that. Been a very worth it, worth it draft pick. He is arguably the Austin Eckler or Derek Henry of the second round. You use a second round pick on Nick Chubb almost 100%, and he has been absolutely worth it for you. Um, Stefan Diggs, ADP 15. This week he is number one. I don't really quite get that rank. Uh, maybe there's something I'm missing, or maybe I screwed up something. Well, he's good no, either way. No, so he's probably fair. if you have him, you're still happy. So yeah, if you're if you got Stefan Diggs, you're very happy. You probably got him in the middle of the second round, and he's definitely been a first round wide receiver candidate. Travis Kelsey. Good God. He is I think the wide receiver two on the year, and he's a tight end. So he's incredible. If you keep up with football or fantasy, you know what the fuck is up with Travis Kelsey. We don't need to explain it anymore. You probably got him in the second round, even though a lot of leagues were taking him in the first round, but he's, he's worth it. He was worth it. Uh, So far, the pick of the early rounds has absolutely been our next guy. Saquon Barkley. You probably got him at the end of round two, maybe at the beginning of round three. And since I want to say week two or three, he's been like the top three guy. Well, this last week he did terrible, but that's just because uh, you know. the Giants are terrible. But I was going to say, how are we negating Tyree Kill? Because he's like the number one receiver right now. Why is he not on this list? Of, like, oh, he's on this list. Uh, you just, okay. we got to get down to him. 
Gotcha, gotcha. I was gonna be like, don't talk. I'm, I'm, like, I'm going in order of their original ADP this week. Normally, I I, gotcha. I jump around between um, their current rank and, but this week I'm kind of listing them off from their current ADP or their original ADP. Uh, so Javante Williams was also a really highly touted uh, draft pick, and he has been injured and out, so we won't cover that. Aaron Jones, ADP at 19, he's been hovering around that. He's probably the round three Austin Eckler. Yep. Not not a great play either way, though. It's not like he's as good as Nick Chubb or some of these other dudes. No, but you could comfortably set him as your RB2 pretty much all season for sure. CD Lamb, also one of those kind of guys who's slightly outperformed his ADP throughout the season. And you really enjoy seeing that as a CD Lamb fan and owner because he has done that with multiple quarterbacks. So he seems like a talented guy who's going to do it regardless of who's flinging the pigskin at him. Uh, Debo Samuel was another pick. Uh, He is at 43 and that's kind of another one that I don't really get or agree with. I think he should be ranked higher, but we've talked about it before. There's just a lot of competition for the ball right now in San Francisco. And I think that's eating into all of their projected value. And it's a shame because each week, I think that any one of them is a candidate to just blow the fuck up. Right. You know, um, here's your boy, Tyreek Hill. You probably yeah. got him in the third round, and he has been a top 10 player. I drafted him in the second round, knowing that he was going to be awesome. I drafted him yeah. a little earlier than he's been a stud. Yeah, I said top 10. He's been, I think, the wide receiver three or two all season. He's just been nuts. Maybe behind just, like just Justin Jefferson at times. Um, so yeah, congratulations to Tyreek Hill getters. Not quite. I wouldn't put him in that same Saquon tier of like, wow, you really outperformed your ADP, but Tyreek Hill, you're definitely happy as a Tyreek Hill owner for sure. And same with Jalen Waddle. Um, I want to say he actually makes an appearance on this list, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, but yeah, Tyreek Hill, ADP at 23, he's currently at 10. So he is a top 10 player. Leonard Fournette is another guy who's having a scary similar. He's a, a post midseason Najee candidate. He's been tapering off here at the end. I think the wear and tear is finally catching up to him. He's not, you know, the the freshman we saw at LSU. He's he. It's fine. I think he's just finally getting old, and he needs to start, you know, slowing things down. And I think you know that Rashad White kid behind him can alleviate some of that. So. Yeah, Leonard Fournette is slipping down. He was ADP at 24, and now he's at 89. Mm. You hate to see it, but I don't really – I wasn't buying in on Fournette. I kind of saw that before the season, so I knew to stay away from it. Um, Mark Andrews, my boy, who I've been very high on, ADP at 25. He's been hovering around that all season, and I think that's fair. So you probably got him in the second. I got him. (laughs) I got him in the second round. Um, but you probably could have gotten him in the fourth, maybe even fifth. Um, those yeah. were the original ADP top 25 uh, and what their current ranks are. And I'm going to take just another second here to kind of go over some of the guys who are outside of that top 25 ADP who have now broken into the top 25. So these are guys who are hella doing really good things. These were the spec picks that are absolutely outperforming their ADP by any measure they're you know they don't have the the hype and backing i guess of the first round picks but you know you're still happy if you got them um aj brown wide receiver from philadelphia i think everyone was a little hesitant about that trade at the beginning of the season but the talent is there he has been consistently in a top 15 
player in the past pretty much all season. Uh, this week he is at 18. He was ADP'd at 29. T. Higgins, again, really enjoying the lack of Jamar Chase in this regard. So he is outperforming. He's in the top 25. He's at 23. Uh, ADP was originally 35. Travis Atien talked about it earlier. They got rid of James Robinson for to make room for this guy. So he's 19. So if you got Travis Atien, he's definitely performing. Uh, Josh Jacobs, who and that's your boy. And I don't I, we've talked about this many times again. I don't know why he was so low on the ADP because he has been a top 15 running back, top 10 running back, top 15 player pretty much every week. So shout out Probably. to Shout out to everyone who saw the good in Josh Jacobs. Uh, as I said earlier, Jalen Waddle finally making a top 25 appearance, as he should. So that's cool to see Tyreek and Jalen both in the top 25 rank this week. Uh, Amon St. Brown, obviously, he was a really great pick. Uh, you didn't see that coming out of Detroit, but he's been a top 15 as well player. Tony Pollard. Tony yeah, Pollard. Explosion this week. Yeah. Um, Explosion. And with it looks like Zeke might be injured in some capacity. So Tony Pollard, and I was high on him all season, said at the beginning of the season, knew this guy was going to do great. He is currently so 16. What? Yeah, we said it currently 16. Doing great. So if you had Tony Pollard, congratulations. Um, the next two players we've already kind of talked about, they're holding true. And that's from Mahandre Stevenson and DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, they were drafted ADP originally right around each other at 86, 87. And since they've really kind of broken out and or come back from suspension, they've really maintained a top 20, 25 position, uh, especially DeAndre Hopkins. Even without Kyler Murray, he seems the experts seem confident that he's a top 10 player wide receiver. Oh, I mean, he was a first round pick even when he didn't have a quarterback throwing to him in Houston. Even before Deshaun Watson was there, he was a top pick. Like, no, he's awesome. Yeah. Um, Ken Walker, again, we've already talked about this guy. A fantastic Really, you know, the only option bell cow on a run happy team into Seattle Seahawks. If you drafted Ken Walker, it would have been pretty late, and he is now doing really well. Mm-hmm. So, the Ken Walker was not someone you could have really scooped off the waiver wire, you had to draft him. And I, this guy, did. Of yeah. uh, honorable mention, even though he is not in the top 25 this week, is Chris Olave with the absence of Michael Thomas. He is hovering right at the backside of the top 25 players each week. He is a incredible talent. You definitely you might have been able to get him off the waiver wires early in the season, but I think most of us in my general circle are Saints fans and snuck him pretty quick. Oh yeah, we knew. All right. So that's uh the ADP update. And we will now get into the serious part of the show here at the end. Yeah. Final Um, five minutes of seriousness. As you all know and love, this is our kicker and defense streaming picks of the week. Uh, Joel and I actually take a moment of our lives to give you expert advice on what we think. I give the kicker pick. Joel gives the defensive pick, you know, divide and conquer. So we don't both have to do this. Um, Last week. I picked Matt Gay, and he did well. He did good enough. I actually got to see it live. (laughs) And it was really funny because I was at the Saints game, and, um, you know, I was kind of, you know, doing as you do when you're watching 
a game and your fantasy players do well, you're like kind of cheer them. But you, I was in the, the dome, so you know I got a couple looks. But one guy kind of like leaned back. He was sitting in front of me, and he leaned back. He's like, "Yeah, I got Matt Gay on my fantasy team too." And I was like, "Yeah, we're gay boys." <laughs> so gay we're having yeah. a day it's great so i had i had another little happy moment there so um my kicker pleasantly gave me a point and i'm happy with that yeah um i'll go ahead and cover kyle we had a guest on last week kyle uh conwell is that right coach kyle coach kyle coach kyle and he picked brett maher which is ridiculous because my that boy. Is a, yeah brett. we didn't put a restriction on him as far as like you know being able to waiver him but um, if you don't have Mar already kind of locked in as your kicker, you should. He has been had him for a, a while. Top, yeah. Yeah. He's been a top five kicker when he's playing. I think he only missed a game or two. Um, and he, Kyle, got that right because Brett Mar also did kick a F. 22 points for me this week. 22 for a kicker is incredible. Yep. Yep. So good on the kicker picks this week. Joel, would you like to discuss your. Uh, if we had sound <laughs> effects, I wish we had sound effects because it would just wah, be like. Wah, just. Wah. Uh, I picked the Vikings who got steamrolled by the Cowboys. I was so wrong. They did the exact opposite of what you thought they were supposed to do. How compared to how they did everybody else. Dak Prescott looked like the greatest quarterback of all time against this defense. And really the offense for themselves, like Kirk Cousins just looked atrocious. He couldn't stay on the field long enough for the defense to like get a break. They lived mm-hmm. on the field. I think the possession was like 68% for Dallas, like of the game. That's an insane number. So overall the Vikings just got steamrolled. They went into the negatives. So like, yeah, I was hella wrong. I am so sorry if you picked up the defense. That Ugh. was a hella trap game. Uh, even though you can't really call it a trap. Dallas is really good. But the, with the way the Vikings have been playing, you really would think they would have at least Does. won it. At yeah, least I mean, won it. And not only out. lose it, but to get their asses. And just... they lost at home. I mean, it was in and Minnesota. It was bad. It was, it was bad. 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 Like, when I saw, when I looked at that point, when I looked at their points, I was like, man, I kind of just want to take a point away from Joel. <laughs> I thought about it. I thought about going negative two. You know negative what? Negative one, if, you know? like If I can keep my asterisk, you can keep that. So... It was bad. Um, yeah. So that brings our credibility to Joel, seven out of 10, me, eight out of 10 with an asterisk and Kyle still good. Got a perfect season. So still yeah, good. no, we're still, we're still batting per- still really good. well, really well. You should listen to me most of the time this week. Hopefully I'm right. So you no, yeah, yeah, yeah. This listens, week or do you want to? Yeah. Listen to it most of the time. Yeah. Uh, so our kicks this week. Um, are you, are you, uh, do you want to go first or can I go first? You go first. Cause right. I like your kicker pick. Go ahead and, all right, so this was an interesting one, and it it's kind of like, uh, as I just mentioned on Brett Maher, like it's kind of silly if you don't have this kicker already. Uh, but given the situation, which I will now explain, Jason Myers has been, I believe, another top five kicker. He's been he's the number one rated kicker. Yeah. The so, number one. So he's been fantastic. And I looked, and he was only rostered in 39% on ESPN, and I think that's because he had a bye last week. Yes, now so. he's ranked number four after his <laughs> bye because Brett Maher took over the one spot. Yeah. But he was one going into this past week before the bye. Yeah. So. so I think just by virtue of people having to drop him to get a kicker in his place, he kind of hit my standards. Um, but re- it is what it is. So if you can get, if you can scoop Myers right now, please do it because he's been one of those kickers you can set and forget. He he can be, you know, a one of those guys you can go out the remainder of the season with. Um, he's playing Las Vegas, which are the 14th 
against the kicker, not middle, of the, you know, middle of the pack compared to what I normally do, but I didn't want to, if it was any uh, harder than that of a matchup, I probably would have second thought it, but I, I'm okay with that. They are playing at Seattle. So it's Lumen stadium. It's an open stadium. And can I just to, to gloat on your pick a little bit, just to add just something, the rest of the schedule, like you're saying, set and forget the rest of the Seahawks schedule is cake. They're playing mm-hmm. at the Rams, Carolina, San Francisco at home at Kansas city, the jets and the Rams at home. This yeah. guy is going to be a stud going into the playoffs. For the rest yeah. of the year. Loop back to Ken Walker anyway. Ken. Um, but yeah, so I think Jason Myers, this might be your last opportunity to scoop on a, a top tier kicker. Uh, so he is my kicker pick. And if you get him, please sit on him the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be real good. All right. That brings us into my defensive pick of the week. And hopefully this one is correct. I, I hope to bounce back this week. Uh, this peak, I'm, this week I'm going with the Washington Commanders against Atlanta at home. Uh, we already talked about how bad the NFC South is. Atlanta is honestly leading our division right now. Fucking uh, nuts. Five and six. Uh, the Washington Commanders are five and one in their last six games. They are ste- They are rolling right now. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm really impressed with what they're doing. They're they're playing for their coach. They're playing for their city. They just look real gritty and mean. Uh, I don't think they're going to lose this one to Atlanta. I'm going to take the Washington Commanders at home. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, Atlanta worries me. I think you know because they they beat who did they beat recently? That was like holy shit. That sucks. I think they beat the Bears. Was it the? It was no. No, I don't know. I'm gonna I don't just quit talking. Falcons playing on my team, so yeah, but I'm just going against the Falcons this week. All right, I think that's fair. All right, so those are our actual waiver stream picks. You got the kicker for Jason Myers and the defense for the Washington Commanders. Lock it in going mm. into week 12. Those are great picks. There is about a 70 to 80 percent chance we'll be right, and it'll be a worth it pickup. Yes. Um, so our last thing that we do is just an elimination pick them where we pick a team. To win, there is a jersey on the line. I guess we'll elaborate more at the end of the season if need be. Uh, because, yeah, we'll do a big reveal and have fun with it. Yeah. Um, so last week, I picked the Bears, who lost uh, partially due to the Justin Fields injury. Who did they lose to? They lost They lost to the Falcons. I was right. I was right. Um, so they lost to the Falcons. Yeah, but overall, like that's Justin Fields getting hit, yeah. like getting taken out of the game. He still right, put. They, it was a really play. close game. It wasn't a blowout. It just it would it, the dice didn't roll your way. That yeah, game. they didn't roll my way. So I'm, I'm bummed that I lost that. So it is what it is. Uh, Kyle picked the Eagles, and of course he has no like competition Stay. here. He doesn't have so, so he he won. He's now got a perfect record. <laughs> Good for Kyle him. has now a perfect pick everything. record. Good for him. Uh, yeah, Very we'll have incredible. to get some. Listen we'll have to get Kyle. some other guest on to usurp him as like the number one pick. Um, but yeah, so that brought my overall record to five and three. So yes. it is what it is. Uh, I am six and two. I picked the Ravens last week, who had a scary win. It didn't look mm-hmm. super great, but they still pulled it out. So happy that the Ravens won. I am now six and two, one up on this jersey competition. Yeah. So with that, I will go first uh, this week. I am going with the Cowboys. You can't beat him, you join him. That's right. I learned my lesson. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys this week are playing the Giants at home, and this is going to be uh, one of those afternoon Thanksgiving battles, and I really don't think the Giants – I think I don't think they got enough. If the Vikings didn't have enough, and they're – 
were eight and one going into that game. I really don't think the Giants have enough. Uh, as much as I really wish they did, I just I'm scared for them. So I'm going with with my gut. I'm taking the Cowboys. I learned my lesson. Yeah. All right. I think that's a good pick. Uh, I think the Cowboys are definitely on the up and up. Um, <laughs> I'm excited because I, we're finally getting into the end of the season. I can start actually picking teams that I am confident in more so than I'm just kind of taking bets on. Um, so uh, this week I'm going to go with the dolphins I like and it. they are on the up and up. And I was worried. I thought about, you know, sitting on them for a little bit. Cause you know, I think they will be winners throughout the rest of the season. Uh, but then I looked at like the rest of their schedule and after the Texans this week, which we all know the Texans are doo doo caca, you know, hot doo doo. Um, so after the Texans, they have the 49ers, the chargers, the bills and the Packers, and those are just teams that I don't want to risk it against. So I think this this is definitely probably the most likely Miami Dolphin win for the rest of the season. You know what okay. I'm saying? I like so it. I'm happy with this pick. Um, I don't see myself picking the Dolphins again. And, you know, they're playing in Texans. So that's it. Could be good. I, I will hopefully at least be able to catch up to you uh, in the six, six picks right division. So. Well, good luck to you this week. Uh, good luck to you this week, sir. And we will see how it goes. Um, yeah. Don't forget to set your lineups early this week. There are three games on Thursday. So please, if you're listening to this, you have a little Today over 24 hours. A little over 24 hours to get your shit straight before Thanksgiving and all these damn games. Uh, yeah. Do you have any last bits of advice, words for the public, our adoring fans? Uh, no. This. Uh, thank you for listening to our show, and we hope that we are helpful. Yeah. All right. See you next time, team. See you. <laughs>